So welcome back to uh, Marketing Foundations Podcast. I'm Brad Schmidt, and with me is, of course, uh, Dr. Doc- Sandy, Dr. Luck. Sandy Luck, as always. We're glad this is, I'm excited about this. We, we've, we're kind of figuring out the kinks and getting it all uh, squared away and figuring out how to do this whole podcasting thing. And I've done podcasts before, but this is just a new format for me. So there's a couple of things that are a little bit different. And so last week, Sandy, we talked about kind of the definitions of marketing and and what marketing looks like. And we talked about, was it the the four P's and all of of that? And so this week, we're going to talk about market research. And for the layman like me that really doesn't know anything about marketing, marketing research to me is like, oh, you do a demographic study or there's 50,000 people in this town, so it's big enough to support a McDonald's or a Walmart or whatever. And marketing demogra- or marketing research is so much more than marketing demographics, isn't it? Or just demographic studies. Yes, absolutely. There's so many things that you can there's so many things that you can research to find what is this the solution to the problem or maybe there's a new opportunity. Mm. I think about, you know, people who maybe want to start a new company or even add a new product to their company. You know, what does it look like? Is it worth it? Is it something that people will use? Who will use it? And understanding all of that will then create the best campaign and the best way to promote it. So the students in this chapter will understand a process and I'll just really quickly go through the process to remind them because they've heard this already, Mm. but we'll talk a little bit about it, but it's identify the problem, which a problem could also be an opportunity, as I said, and then develop the plan, conduct the research, analyze and report, and then hopefully take action if they're in that position to take action. Now you you mentioned identifying the problem and and I don't remember where I heard this but that that somebody had mentioned one time that you you're never going to convince someone to change or do something different unless you help them understand that there's a problem and problem doesn't necessarily mean bad it just means that there's a thing like you say it could be an opportunity or whatever and you're never going to convince someone that they need to take action on that unless they're aware that there is actually something that needs to be taken action on. And so that's kind of what it is. is you're identifying, am I, I mean, am I understanding that right? You're identifying the idea that there's something that either needs change or needs to take, they need to take action on, which could be buying the product. Absolutely. Change is good because you're right. Like, so let's just say one of the problems is suddenly I'm getting a lot of bad reviews on mm. Yelp or in, you know, Google, people are giving us bad reviews. That's obviously a problem. So the leadership of that company needs to understand what do we do to solve this problem? Or maybe there's a different way to solve it by, as we said, create a new product or create a new service that will add to that, you know, enhance that product. So yeah, I think exactly. I think that you're you're going in the right directions where the problem doesn't always have to be negative. It could be something that creates something that's exciting and new and the company then goes into maybe even a different platform completely. Using my air quotes, the problem could be my business doesn't exist in this community and my business needs to exist in this community. So that's the, like say the quote unquote problem. Yeah. And you think it needs to be. So that's the other piece that's important because so a lot of us, it doesn't matter if you're a marketer or not, but a lot of us think we can solve the world's problems, right? And so, because we think it should be done this way. 
in marketing, we ask that you prove it, prove it by using data. Remember last week we talked a lot about data and a lot analytics. Yep. So when you think about all of the data that's out there, what we're going to do in the market research process is we're going to collect that data and prove to somebody that we can solve this problem or we can create an opportunity or we can make this change for this company. But again, proving to somebody to do that sometimes takes a little bit of time and effort. So identifying the problem was step one. Step two, you, uh, I didn't hear it. I already heard it. I just don't remember it already. Yep. So remember step, (laughs) that's okay. Step two is develop the research plan, secondary research, primary research. Mm. So secondary, we're going to go off. We're going to find somebody else's research and we're going to try and connect the dots and say, how does this relate to my problem or my opportunity? And primary, we get to go out and have the fun. No, I've done this. So my wife and I, 20 plus years ago, I'm a, for those that maybe don't know, I'm a former pastor. And one of the things that we did years ago was we were a part of an assessment to determine whether or not we would be a good fit for starting a new church in a community where that church didn't exist. And we had to do a bunch of this. We had mm-hmm. to go and, and we did it somewhat virtually. You know, it was a, it was a project. It was a class. So we had to do the demographic study, which we used the internet for. We found, you know, census data and things like that. And, and this is actually kind of at the beginning of the, the expansion of the internet. And so there was, you know, some of it we did virtually where we went to the local, you know, we pretended that we went to the local courthouse and got local data from, we went to the, the newspaper office and got, you know, stories about the local history. And yeah, it was, yeah. What's the newspaper? (laughs) What are you talking about? But yeah, so we did some of that kind of research. And so some of that you say is primary and some of that is secondary. So the primary part would be like, we actually went and did a, one of the things we did was a survey of, you know, again, it was a pretend survey, but we did a survey of the people in the community asking what they looked for in a new church. And then some of it was secondary, which was the demographic studies that was done by the Census Bureau. Is my, yep. are those, I mean, I am understanding it yep. right? You would get an A if you were taking a <laughs> test right now. Yes, exactly. So secondary, somebody else did it. So the problem with secondary that, uh, always causes an issue for us researchers is it's not usually about our exactly about our problem. So we have to kind of put that together and say, okay, you know, maybe you were looking at that particular, the demographics, but it's a big city and maybe they were, it was a different religion. And so maybe, you know, you'd have to consider some of that mm. because it might not match with exactly what right. you're doing. And that's also why we do primary research. So maybe the, the, and I think you and I talked about this earlier off, you know, before we started recording was the, the using, you have coffee shops. So using demographic data or data market data from a, a cafe or a restaurant kind of relevant, but not maybe entirely relevant. And so then you have to do a little bit of work in analyzing what parts of it are relevant and what parts aren't, right? Right, exactly. So, you you know, we decide we want to open up a coffee shop in a small town and there's no coffee shop in that small town. So for us to find any kind of research about a coffee shop, it's not going to be relevant and a specialty coffee shop at yeah. that. So these people who are in this small town, you know, are they all farmers where they just drink black coffee, which is not a bad thing, but, you know, it might not help us increase sales with that specialty coffee. So we have to look at that. But it might also give us the opportunity then to create some primary research where just like you said, we go out and actually ask people about these questions. You know, would you would you utilize a 
a cafe or a coffee shop in your town that has cafe mochas or caramel macchiatos, you know, and, and bring those words in. And if people, if an overwhelming amount of people say yes, then great. Okay. You're starting to get an understanding of what they want and what they'd like. And that would be primary research. Yep. Okay. So uh, identifying the problem, um, creating the research plan and right. And that's, mm -hmm. that's not as simple as just going, Hey, let's go do a demographic <laughs> study. It's actually figuring out what kind of information do I need? Right. Exactly. Okay. Actually writing a survey is kind of hard and, well, and the way you write the questions will, mm -hmm. and I know this from politics, because that's what I do now is I do talk radio and, and from politics that, I mean, the, a lot of the polls and stuff that you respond to are worded in a way to get the result that the pollsters are looking for. They're, they're leading you down a path that you may not even know you're being led down. Yes. So you have to be <laughs> careful. You have to be very careful that you get actual useful data and not a biased. Unless, uh, of course, you're looking for that. Right. Unfortunately, you know, that goes back to our ethics, yep. right? <laughs> we haven't hit that ethics chapter yet, but it does. You know, there's sometimes where you want everyone to say, yes, I love your product. Well, how do you get them to answer it that way? Yeah. Uh, I think that one of the things that I noticed that I do and students will notice this as I ask, as I do surveys with them. I never give you a middle button. You can't just say, it, you know, yes and no. I don't allow you to do that. You either say a strong yes or a strong no. Because if you have that middle, most of us who are North Dakota nice, Minnesota nice, we're going to be like, yep. I'll just say middle. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally understand I that. I don't want to hurt them. So, so identifying the problem, creating the market research plan. What's step three? Conducting the research. So okay, actually, actually doing, doing this stuff. Right. And that's pretty straightforward, right? That is creating the survey that's going out and standing at the entrance of a of a, of a mall or something and just asking people the questions or yeah. going and sitting at the library, which nobody does anymore, but Googling, you know, all kinds of papers and studies and yes. things like that on it. So that's just actually doing the doing physical it. work of yeah. researching, right? So there's two different kinds of research. There's quantitative and qualitative. Oh, yeah. So quantitative would be your surveys that you're writing and asking you know we have survey monkey we have lots of ways to online not many people go to the mall anymore and i that's how i first started doing research and how i thought oh this is so much fun because i love finding I people interact with people yeah. and yeah and i'm totally fine with you know pulling somebody in and saying hey come over here let me ask you some questions would where, you like to sign this yeah. petition <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where sometimes now people are like oh i don't want to go out and do that i'm so embarrassed to pull people in they don't want to talk to me but i my challenge was i'm going to get them to talk to me so i loved doing that part uh but i do think that now we have online surveys we have lots of different races you can do you can do the resource using social media surveys so that is quantitative. You're, you're looking for numbers. You're looking for percentages. You're going, to, you're going to find your results will be there's this many people that say yes. The problem is with quantitative is you don't find out why. Why do people say yes? Well, and that's where Simon Sinek talks about the start with why. You know, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it, right? I mean, exactly. that was this whole thing with Apple and nobody buys an Apple computer because it does computer stuff because all the computers do computer stuff. You buy it because you want to be a part of that culture and that that mindset of thinking differently. That's Apple's logo. Their, their campaign was think different, right? Exactly. So that's the that's the important part because then you can really drill down on what is the next step, if I remember correctly. So, so the next step is analyzing all of that and understanding, you know, why you're doing it. But yeah, absolutely. Apple did 
I'm sure that they did lots of quantitative research and then going to qualitative finding out the why and asking questions. You know, why do you choose to buy Apple? Why would you rather choose an Apple computer over a Microsoft? And understanding that people say, you know, I want the look of it. It's sleek. It's pretty. Mm. You know, it means status. I mean, there's different things to having an Apple. And we kind of discussed this before, which I think is interesting. I can't remember when we talked about this, but. You You and I have had a lot of conversations (laughs) lately. Yeah, and there's a lot of coffee going. So this is interesting. Keeps us on our toes. But I think about, you know, when we're looking for these particular people or we want these people to answer questions, you are looking for a particular kind of person, right? And that's what we're seeing. We're almost seeing a stereotype of people who would maybe answer these kinds of questions. For example, if I'm going to the mall and I want to intercept all of these different people, if I see someone who has their head down and they're walking fast, obviously I know that they're not going to be one who wants to answer my question. And I wouldn't go to them. I wouldn't offer them a survey. Whereas maybe if somebody who's walking by really quickly, I'll ask them questions. This could, again, lead to the ethic piece because maybe those are the people that are going to answer it the way I want them to. So the problem, you know, with surveys, any kind of research is the ethical piece. Is is it true to its meaning? How many times do you hear on the radio, yeah. 95% of guys believe this, 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 this. So, Four out of five dentists recommend, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you go, well, which five dentists were asked? You yeah. know, I mean, and again, this kind of goes back to that research design of how many people actually need to be asked this question to make it valid. Mm. Is it going to be valid? If you and I do some kind of a research and we and 100% of us in this room say this, we could go convince a lot of people about something, right? Yeah. But it's only two years. Yes. Yeah, so if you did a survey of the people in this room, is marketing an important class to take in school? Then yes. it's 100%. And we could release those findings. And 100% of people suggest that uh, marketing is important. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So and it again, is. It of is. Course. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> but again, going back to the validity. And that is something that's important. When students who are in marketing, they go to the next step and they take a marketing research class, which Ultimately, I think I remember taking the marketing research class being scared because I was like, oh, my gosh, can I get through all this? The data, understanding Qualtrics, understanding all of the software that you have to develop, you know, to answer these questions. But ultimately, if you think about the bottom uh, conclusion of it and how fun it is to find this information out. And you had said it earlier, if it's something you're interested in, it's much more meaningful to find out the result and to find out the conclusion. So when we when we start talking about the analyzing the market research, the reason you do all of that is to to you had mentioned stereotypical. You want to find the stereotypical person that will purchase your product or service because all of this, right? I mean, the the old saying, "Well, I want to market to everybody," just doesn't because not everybody is going to buy the product. Like, not everybody. You had mentioned drones. Not everybody is going to go out and buy a drone. I would love to. They're really cool, and I think it'd be great to be able to take pictures of my neighborhood with the drone at five hundred feet in the air. But in reality, am I actually going to go out and buy a thousand dollar drone with a thousand dollar camera? And if I do, am I actually going to use it? Eh, probably not. Right. So the people that are marketing drones are not marketing to people like me. They're marketing to farmers that are actually going to use them for crop analysis. They're marketing them to um, to photographers that are going to use them for aerial photography or YouTube 
content creators that are going to use them for doing videos and things like that. That's the people they're marketing to. I've never seen a drone ad on my Facebook page or whatever. You but now that now. we've talked about it, my phone's listening <laughs> and I will. But, will. but am, I, am I right? Am I understanding Absolutely. that, that we, 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 you're trying to find your your person, your, yes. your well, customer. If, if that's what your objective is. Okay. So if your objective is I need to figure out who wants to purchase my product or use my service. Absolutely. That's what you're going to find out. If my problem is I need to figure out if this would be a, the right location to put a new church, if mm. this, you know, then that's going to be my solution. So I think depending on what your problem or what your opportunity is, you know, that's going to be your, 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 what you're going to analyze and what your findings will be. I see. And sometimes, you know, I, again, the ethics go back to, do we, you know, when, when I go out and I look for a location for a new store and I really want it there, chances are my findings are going to tell me that, yes, I should have this there. Right. And again, that's where you go back and go, okay, did I do this? Did I, was this survey and was all of this information valid or did I skew it one particular way? And you know, again, I think that that's something that, you know, as the marketer, you have to understand yourself what you're spitting out as findings. So earlier you said, why? Why do we knew all this? And so then that kind of becomes a question for this marketing process. And this should be step five, if I'm understanding right, is why are we doing all of this? Yeah. So that's, so then you're taking action, right? Okay. So the why also goes up with the qualitative. Right. Qualitative is understanding why people... Right. want to have a new church in right. that area or maybe you know and and when you're asking the question why you're doing qualitative research which means I'm going to maybe do interviews I'm going to um, do a group uh, you know some kind of a group study so I'm going to ask several different people about this rather than just a question survey right. I'm going to ask the question why do you want this or why wouldn't you want this so the why then for doing all of this research stuff is so that you can take action and actually use the the information that you've collected right so in the you know in the last step where it is take action again I say this with a little bit of caution because sometimes in the marketing world marketers will go out they'll do the research they find out all of the information they do the data analytics they come back and say this is what I have found the next step usually has to do with some kind of a leadership or if it is a, you know, the, the supervisor in the marketing department or a marketing director, then they have to take it to the next step and say, this is what we found. Can we do something with it? Whether it is create a campaign, you know, change, maybe change the culture of that team, maybe add in another product, delete a product or add a new service. So I think that that's where the take action piece is really important because sometimes that doesn't happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's getting, if you're the marketing executive, that's trying to sell your marketing plan to a business, mm -hmm. it's getting them to take action. Exactly. Here's the action that I would recommend in this situation or in your situation. Here's what we found and all of that. So, and so I think sometimes we feel like we do all of this research and it leads to an answer but nothing is done with it. And yeah. and that, I think that happens a lot. Unfortunately. So one of the things that I'm noticing as we've talked about the last two episodes, that is that there is this, um, 
there's this theme that's already beginning to pop out in my brain is that there's so much more to all of this than isn't there, right? Yes. I mean, we just spent the last, what, 20 minutes or so talking about this, and I'm guessing we could probably spend another 20 hours and not run out of information. So there, that's, am I understanding that right, or am I hearing that, or myself, or am I overthinking this? Because I feel like this is something that you and I are going to come back to regularly over the next 15, 14 weeks is... There's really so much more to this, isn't there? There is so much more, which is why marketing is everything, it right? Is, yeah. Go back to, chapter, go back one to chapter one. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Marketing is everything. All right. Well, Sandy, I appreciate again the time as always, and it's been a a, a little a lot of fun. I feel like I'm getting this free marketing class because I get to talk to you every week about this stuff. And and the nice thing is we get a chance to chat before we have these. So I I, I mean I kind of know the answers already as I'm asking them, but yet. It's been great because I still hear something new and useful every time I, I listen to it. So for those of you listening, go back and listen to this again. You might find something or hear something you didn't hear the first time through. So uh, Sandy, again, thank you. My name is Brad Schmidt. Sandy Luck. And we're talking about marketing and the foundations of marketing for uh, this UND class called Marketing Foundation. So we'll see you next week.